Welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. your name, if you know that God knows your name, did you hear what he said? It said that no battle can turn me, no mountain can stop me, and I'm walking in victory because you know my name. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. No giant can defeat me, oh Lord. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Oh, I thank you, God. Thank you, God. No fire can burn us. 
all the enemy cannot destroy us, oh God. We bless your holy name for being such a mighty God. Thank you, oh God, for knowing our names. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, God. Oh, I bless your name, oh God. Hallelujah. Yeah. Thank you, God. Yeah. Hallelujah. Mm. Thank you, God. When I saw the worship lineup on Wednesday, I saw that you know my name was the Simonic Selection. I had planned, Deacon Shireen, to take about three hours to cry and have some time with God. It just didn't work out that way. But as I moved closer to worship, I kept reading the words of this song, now I'm walking in victory because your power, it lives within me. And though no giant can defeat me because you hold my hand and I don't have to be afraid. Oh, I don't have to be afraid. Hallelujah. Oh, I thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Oh, if we just take the time to absorb how God loves us and wants to bless us, then we will worship God in all spirit and truth. How you walk with me, how you talk with me, how you commune with me, how you tell me that I am. Oh my God, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, hallelujah. In John, the seventh chapter, I will be reading verse number 23. Now, if a boy can be circumcised on the Sabbath so that the law of Moses may not be broken, why are you angry with me for healing a man's whole body on the Sabbath? And my sermon title today is, Has Your Heart Been Circumcised? And that's the question that I want you to ponder and answer as you hear a word from the Lord. Has your heart, not mine, has your heart been circumcised? <laughs> the Bible says that the word circumcised literally means to cut around. And as a religious rite, circumcision was required of all of Abraham's descendants as a sign of the covenant that God made with him in Genesis chapter 17, verses 9 through 14. There are different issues involved in the question of whether or not males today should be circumcised. One issue is that of a religious teaching. Another issue is, as a matter of health, should males be circumcised? The Christian view of circumcision is probably best described as circumcision of the heart. And that's when the Lord goes in and removes all the decay and all the worldliness and all of the things that are not about God. Concerning the first issue, the New Testament Christians are no longer under the law 
and circumcision is no longer required. And this is brought about in a number of New Testament scriptures. I won't read them, but I will give you the scriptures. Acts chapter 15, Galatians chapter 2, Galatians chapter 5, Galatians chapter 6, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, and Colossians chapter 2. In the church, when Paul wrote to the church at Philippi, he says, As these passages proclaim, being delivered from our sin is the result of faith in Christ. It is Christ's finished work on the cross that saves, not the observance of an external right. And even the law acknowledged that circumcision alone was insufficient to please God, who specified the need to circumcise your hearts. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 16 says, Circumcise your heart and stiffen your neck no more. If you go back and look at the Old Testament readings, you will find that many of the Israelites were stiff-necked. <laughs> to tell the truth, many of us are as well. And sometimes we don't want to call it what it is. And what we do is that we tend to make excuses to justify our positions, which are sometimes ungodly. You ought to say amen. The principle of the circumcision of the heart is at the heart of the matter. And there are practical issues involved with circumcision as well. Some parents have their sons circumcised and some do not. In some cultures, though males are not commonly circumcised, there's also the issue of health. And doctors continue to debate back and forth in regard to whether there are any health benefits to circumcision. That is not what my sermon is about today. My sermon is about not a bodily circumcision, but a circumcision of the heart where God has done the work to give you a new heart in Jesus. So the significance of a spiritual circumcision is that you don't walk like you used to. You don't talk like you used to. You don't treat people like you used to. You don't lie like you used to. You don't make up excuses that are unholy like you used to. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just saying is that all of us had baggage before we met Jesus. And then here it is that the Lord is offering up free heart transplants. But we are too busy to go, you don't need to go to ER, you don't need to go to Duke, UNC, or Rex. Right in your own home, God can circumcise your heart. The heart is a muscular organ that's situated in the chest just behind and slightly toward the left of the breastbone. It roughly measures the size of a closed fist. The heart works all the time pumping blood through the network of blood vessels called the arteries and veins. The heart and its blood vessels are known as our cardiovascular system. The heart has four chambers, Trustee Rayford, the upper two chambers are called the atria, and then the lower two chambers is known as the ventricles. But what I really, really caught my attention here is that the flow of blood into the heart within the heart chambers and from the heart is guarded by the four values presented in the heart. The heart gets its nutrients and oxygen via the coronary arteries that run along the surface of the heart. 
I know that all of you know all of that, but I thought I would just mention it to let you know it's good to take care of your heart. Because when you take care of your heart, your body functions better. Your, your body operates better. It is also richly supplied by a web of nerve tissue that facilitates the rhythmic heartbeat. There are four main functions of the heart. Pumping blood to the other body parts, that's number one. The second function of the heart is pumping hormones and other vital substances to different parts of our body. The third function of the heart is receiving uh, blood and carrying it, it through the products and of the body, pumping it to the lungs. And then the fourth thing that our heart does is that the heart maintains our blood pressure. The heart is a key component of our blood pressure. Is your pressure high or is it low? It could be a matter of the heart. But when Jesus is talking to the Jews Deacon Gino, the Jews always wanted to go back to the old rituals and the law. And Jesus was constantly saying to them that has been overcome and that there is a new covenant that God has created through me and I am here to deliver. Go over to Genesis chapter 17 and you'll find that when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty, hallelujah. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless, and then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. The word of God says that Abraham fell face down, and God said to him, as for me, this is my covenant with you, that you will be the father of many nations. He said, your name will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you, and kings will come from you. The Lord said, I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants. In other words, God is saying that I have the plan. All I need you to do is follow instructions. And I am telling you what you're going to receive through your relationship with me. Somebody here right now is waiting on God to fulfill the promise. You're waiting on God to fulfill the covenant. But what we learned from this scripture is that whatever God has promised you, you can count on it. Whatever God has promised you, let nobody cause you to doubt God. The Lord says that this is my covenant with you and your descendants. And after you, the covenant you are to keep every male among you shall be circumcised. And you are to undergo circumcision, and it will be the sign of the covenant. For the generations to come, every male among you who is eight days old must be circumcised. Whether born in your household or brought with your money, they must be circumcised. God also said something else to Abraham that was interesting. As for Sarah, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarah. Her name will be Sarah. And I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her that she will be the mother of nations, kings of people, and will come from her. Have you ever tried to help God complete the plan? 
Have you ever looked at the plan and said, Lord, uh-uh, I'm looking at this body. Uh-uh, God, I'm looking at what an old man, old woman look like. And you had the nerve to tell me that Sarah is going to bear a child at the age of 90? And Abraham said to God, if only Ishmael might live under your blessing. In other words, I won't give you the whole story. Go read it. But when you go back and look at the story of Abraham, because God wasn't moving fast enough, Abraham decided that he would give the Lord a hand. So Ishmael showed up, not because it was from God's plan for Abraham, it's because the humanness in Abraham and Sarah could not wait until God blessed them. And one of the other things I love about the Lord is even if you get messed up and try to interfere with God's plan, God will keep you on track and keep you on course. You ever tried to help God? You ever made a decision for God and realized there you are all by yourself? Have you ever said, oh, yeah, I'm waiting on God to bless me, but God just won't move fast enough, so I, I think I better go over here or go over there? What we learn from Abraham and this covenant is that whatever God promises, God will provide. Do I have a witness? Whatever God promises. So God envisioned as well as commanded a circumcision of the heart after the return of the children of Abraham's covenant to Israel. And this is where we find the story today. Abraham gives us an example that we can identify with. I have a true confession myself. I finished up my doctorate degree, and I decided I am going to start a counseling service. Because as you know, most African-Americans think that we're all sane and we don't invest a lot in mental health. So I th did the church say amen? amen? We don't understand that the brain is a body part. We don't understand that the brain malfunctions. We don't understand that Cousin Ray is not acting right because his brain is not functioning right. But anyway, I decided that I was going to start my own business. And I was going to have a counseling service. I had a name, Deacon Shereem. I had cards made up. I went to the state of North Carolina, and I got my num tax ID number. And then I was talking with a friend who had office space, gave me free office space. My charge was going to be $50 an hour because the rate on the street was $150 at that time. And I would go over there on Tuesday nights and wait for the people to show up. But God, nobody showed up but me. And so there I was over there with my degree and with my cards and with my strategic plan, and nobody showed up. I even went to churches to talk to some of my peers, and I said, Pastor, I know you got crazy people in your church because every church has somebody that's crazy. So I went to talk to my peers, Kelly, and I said, why don't you just give me $500 a month, and you pick the 10 people that I will serve, and I'll come over here on the night you want me to come, and I'll just stay low. So he said, okay. Nothing showed up. I kept going from pastor to pastor to pastor, and nothing showed up. In other words, if God has not directed you to do something, stop taking charge of your own life when you cannot manage it. I thought that was a big deal. 
And as I cried about it, I go, well, Lord, what did I do? The Lord said, I never told you to go over there. I never told you to make up business cards. I never told you to get a tax ID. I told you that I want you to love my people. I told you that I want you to show up on Pleasant Grove Church Road. So if anybody is here today, this is a good time to repent when you have gone before God, made a mess of everything, and you ought to just go on and say amen because everybody in here has left God. Oh, come on. You have gone fresh. You can tell the truth. Pastor, what happened to your business? What business? Pastor, you have any clients? I was so embarrassed. You have any clients? No. Well, did you go? I had a perfect plan, I thought. So in other words, I'm telling you, don't create your own plan. Spend some time with God and let God tell you what the plan is. And what I'm trying to tell you is that when God opens the door, nobody can stop it. When God blesses your life, nobody can interfere. When God lifts you up, nobody can keep you down. And when God says, go, go. When God says, get up, get up. And when God says, enough, enough. In other words, it's okay to take a part of the man's right on the Sabbath. This is Jesus talking to the Jews. And why is it not right for me to make a whole man right as well on the Sabbath? We still have denominations and religious groups who use the word of God to keep people in slavery. We still have denominations who preach and teach an ungodly truth because of racism and discrimination. And so what Jesus was trying to do is say to the Jews, it's okay for you to do circumcision on the Sabbath, but you're trying to tell me it's not okay for me to heal a man's whole body. So he said that you are hypocrites. And it according to me of breaking the law by healing a man. And so he concludes with yet another profound exhortation for all as well in verse number 24. Now notice something else about Jesus. Jesus does not say do not judge. There's no prohibition here given against discerning whether someone is right or wrong in what he chooses. But Jesus is saying that there's a new standard. And one of the things that we need to do as part of the circumcision of our hearts is that we need to get rid of the stuff that's weighing our hearts down. We need to get rid of the bad attitudes and the things that cause us despair. We need to learn how to forgive and then forget. Have you ever heard anybody say, I'll forgive you, but I'll never forget it? Well, if Jesus can forgive you and forget, what, what, why can't you give that gift to somebody else? That is just crazy. And so he's saying to them, Jews who were condemning, he said, you must be consistent and you must judge by the same standard. And so in other words, what Jesus was saying is that don't judge me by a different standard, but you ought to use the same standard. And throughout the rest of this debate, it continues in John 7, we see that the Jews continue to play fast and loose with the facts. Ever have anybody twist the facts just a little bit? Ever twist the facts just a little bit to fit what you want to say? You know you've heard a lie, and you know it is a lie, but it was adjusted in such a way that it sounded, oh, okay. 
I'll never forget when I was a young preacher, old preacher now. And my Uncle Sam was really excited that I was going to be a, a preacher. So Uncle Sam, who lived in New York at the time, worked out a little deal with one of his pastor friends, Kelly. And they invited me to the church to preach. And oh, was I excited. I was in New York, didn't know what I was doing, but there I was. And I go, this is just awesome. So I did a great job, I thought, and they gave me a brown bag with a love offering, and I'm going, oh, God, I haven't gotten a brown bag with that much in it for a long time. <laughs> but one of the things that caught my attention was that after the service, Minister Brett, the pastor came over to me, and he said, you should not be wearing that red lipstick. And I looked at him, Brother James, and I said, well, let me tell you something. I had on this lipstick when you invited me here. So I will wear my lipstick, but I don't have to come over here and be used by you and embarrassed by you. He said, well, what are you saying? I said, I'm saying goodbye. If I had lipstick on when you invited me, why do you think you have the right to judge me when I show up at your church just to say hallelujah? But you know what? God gives you the Holy Ghost power to say you knew who you ever found people get married. And then all of a sudden, they realize everything wrong with you. You ever hear people get married or they date somebody and everything is perfect, but then you go, I didn't know that, and I didn't know that, and I didn't know that, and I know that. See, you're judging. But don't judge by a double standard. Judge me by the same standard that you judge yourself. And if we're going to do it right, there's only one standard, Brother Rod, and that is the standard of God, and nothing else really matters. And what we do as human beings, we want to change the standard so that we can fit in. We want to change the standard so we can do what we want to do. We want to change the standard and say, how you going to go to your mom and daddy's house and bring your friend and go to the guest room? How do you do that? How do you, how do you disrespect God's house? I, I just don't understand that. My daddy would have shot me with the rifle he had in the closet. Why are we so confused about God's standards that we don't have enough courage to speak up and say, no, that's a sin in the eye of God. And you see, as long as you preach and teach God's word, not your word, God is glorified. How do you let kids lie, cheat, and think it's all right? How do you allow shabby lives around us and not say, thus saith the Lord? So Jesus said that there is a worldly justice. And Samantha, Jesus says that there is a righteous judgment. And Jesus says that the righteous judgment is what applies to all of us. Jesus obviously provided a wisdom which is from above how people would know the truth and how they would seek the truth. Much of that is provided in John 7. Read it for yourself. In other words, if it's okay for you to make part of a man's right on the Sabbath, why is it not right for me? You ever found people that what happens in your house is demonizing and it's destructive. But when it happens in your house, it's okay because your cousin showed up and you know how he is. So we gotta use the same standards for everybody. And what I'm saying to you today is God is sick and tired of us changing the rules to fit our situation. 
God is sick and tired of us saying, I didn't tell you that, you made it up. And as he concludes with yet another profound exhortation for us as well, do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. Don't judge me by my lipstick. Don't judge me by my shoes or my clothes. Don't judge me by my hair, but judge me as God Almighty judges me and you. And Jesus said to them, no, rather make sure you have all the facts right. And all the time I say to people in the church, don't repeat things you did not witness. Don't repeat things you did not know. And I'm saying that because we want to deal with the real facts. And we want to deal with the Lord's people the way the Lord deals with us. And if you look at the remainder of chapter 7, Jesus continued to keep the record straight. And Jesus is saying now, you can have a free heart transplant circumcision on me because everything that's required has already been done on the cross. I'll never forget, you may come forward, I'll never forget True Light Missionary Baptist Church. We didn't have pews at that time because they were too expensive. And we had those wood chairs that somebody had given the church. And I don't care how much body fat you had, after a while, the chairs began to hurt. And we would just be at True Life Missionary Baptist Church, and we would be praising God. And as I was getting ready for this sermon, I had memories of sitting on those hard chairs and listening to Reverend Barking preach, oh, and could he preach. He would preach you in and preach you back out. He would preach you up and bring you back down. He would preach till you couldn't take no more. He would preach till the sisters shouted all over the place. He would preach, preach, preach. But then I realized that that's the day that I realized that I knew Jesus and Jesus knew me. That was the time when I can say, he knows my name. And that's the time when I realized that you might not be happy for me, but I'm sure happy for myself. Because I know the day that Jesus washed my sins away. I know the day that he pardoned me of my sin. I know the day he taught me how to watch and fight. And so today I say to you is that have your heart circumcised. Make an appointment with the surgeon there's only one, Jesus Christ. You don't need an anesthesiologist. You don't need insurance. You don't need Medicare. You don't need Medicaid. You don't need anything. What you need is an appointment with the Lord so that you will be fit for travel, so that you will be ready to serve. And in closing, I want to remind you that we should all pray for a clean heart. Because if God gives us a clean heart, our cursing dries up. A clean heart, our complaining dries up. With a clean heart, we serve God as if there is no one else. With a clean heart, we worship God in spirit and in truth. And Jeremiah said, I, And I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways according to the fruit of his deeds. The Bible says, but what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart. 
If it comes out of your mouth, it proceeds from the heart. Can I say it again? If it comes out of your mouth, it proceeds from the heart. And this defiles a person, for out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witnesses, slander. They are what defile a person. But if you don't know why you said it, because it's in your heart. If you don't know why you said it, ask God to remove it through the blood of Jesus Christ. And finally, Jeremiah 17. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I, the Lord, search the heart and I test the mind to give every man and woman, I added that, according to his ways and according to the fruit of his hands. Is God pleased with you? Are you still pretending? Are you still acting like you know God? Are you still trying to hold others to the law when you weren't redeemed by love? Are you still trying to tell me how bad I am and you haven't confessed your sins yet? Are you still talking about what's right in your neighborhood but everything that's wrong with mine? Are you still looking at the dark side? Uh, have you gotten your heart circumcised? And have you looked at the darkness in you? And have you been bold enough to say, Lord, give me a clean heart. God, give me a clean heart so that I can serve you. Give me a clean heart, oh God, so that I can praise you. Give me a clean heart, oh God so that I can worship you in spirit and truth. Give me a clean heart, oh God, so I can love everybody. Give me a clean heart, oh God. If you give me a clean heart, I will do your will. If you give me a clean heart, I will do your will. Hallelujah. 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 A clean heart, Lord. Thank you, God. Mm. Hallelujah. Oh, I thank you, God. Thank you for listening. It is our prayer that this message will enlighten and empower you to do the will of God. If you have a prayer request or praise report or like additional information on Pleasant Grove Church or other recorded messages, come visit us in person or write to us at Pleasant Grove Church, Post Office Box 3603, Cary, North Carolina, 27519, or call us at 919-363-5198, or visit us on the web at www.pgc-carry.org. Thank you again.